Hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? What is up, citizens, youth? Take a seat, take a seat, and grab a Bible. This is the time where we affectionately tell you to put your phone on the floor. I want you guys to do it together. Hey, let me see some phones. Let me see some phones in the air right now. Let's see them. Come on. Even if it's the iPhone 4 from like 2008. Let me see them. Now I want you to take that phone and put it right on the floor. I'm not talking seat back in front of you. Hey, I'm talking. Yeah, drop it. Drop it from the roof for all I care. Put it on the ground. What's up? How's it going? Micah, selfie, let's go. Preaching selfie, first time for everything. All right, phone, floor, Bible's hand. Open up to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. I'm super glad that you guys are here today. Take a deep breath with me. Then breathe out. Eyes up here. Can I see everyone's face? I know I told you to turn your Bible. We'll turn there in a second to John 14. I'm so glad that you guys are here with me today. Uh, super glad that you joined. If it's your first time, Welcome. We are a community of students learning to live for Jesus Christ. Uh, that's what we're about here. If that's what you want to be about, then you are totally welcome here. If it's like your second or third time and you don't really feel like you've connected with anyone, I'd just love to introduce you to people. I'd love to get to know you a little bit more. And I want to encourage all of our, uh, you know, regulars for the students who are here every single week. Uh, I want you to try and find someone during uh, Connect Time. This is the last late night, technically, of the year, which is very sad. I want to encourage you, if there's a person that you don't know, maybe they're new, maybe you don't, maybe you don't know them, they're new to you, but they've got a group of people, uh, find someone, connect with them, break out of your comfort zone a little bit. That's not in the sermon, just a little bit of uh, something I wanted to share with you. John chapter 14. So I've joked all the time about how I'm a very forgetful person. I've joked about this many times, so many times, in fact, that I cannot joke about myself anymore because I forgot all my examples. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I'm actually not the most forgetful person I know. Could you believe it? I am not the most forgetful person I know. The most forgetful person I know uh, was someone that I actually worked for back at my old church in Illinois, which is a very tough thing to do for working for a forgetful person. Uh, he was the most disorganized, forgetful person that I've ever met in my entire life. And it was funny. It showed up in many, many ways. Uh, number one, one time we were doing an event downtown uh, in Chicago in like January or February. And uh, if you didn't know, it's very cold. I've said that very uh, many, many, many times. It's like the average temperature is like 20 degrees. And then like the wind kind of comes off the lake a little bit. And it's like negative 20. It's awful. So anyway, I was meeting him downtown for this event that we were doing, and a lot of it we were going to be walking from like place to place. We were trying to um, like talk to people who uh, were asking for money or were houseless, and we would just give them food and talk to them for a little bit. And this guy shows off. Uh, he just like gets off the train. He walks down, and I meet him on the street, and he is not wearing a jacket. He has a flannel, like a, just like a really thin like flannel on, and it is freezing out. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, dude, I grew up here. I don't need this. I'm, I'm, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, okay. And like a little bit, like halfway through, he's like kind of like holding his arms a little bit. I'm like, dude, are you serious? You didn't bring a jacket? He's like, no, no, I don't need it. And I just kind of look at him square in the face. I was like, did you forget your jacket? And he looks at me and he's like, I forgot my jacket. I forgot my jacket. And then another time, this is a true story. Uh, this wasn't me. This was with another person I had worked with. But this other person was going to run a marathon with this guy who was very forgetful. Again, I'm not in the equation because running a marathon, <laughs> no, not going to happen. Um, just, doesn't, just don't want to do it. Don't want this. And anyway, uh, they had been training for months, like months and months. They had a PR time. They had been training together. And they were like 
ready to do this thing. The race is, of course, at like 6 a.m. for some reason. And so you have to be on like the starting line at like 5 a.m. And so he, this one guy is waiting for my forgetful friend and he's on the starting line and he like is about to put his phone in his bag. He's like, dude, where, where are you at? Question mark, nothing, no response. 10, 15 minutes go by, same thing, no response. And then the race starts and the race ends and he picks up the phone after the race and he says, that was today, question mark? On, this is not a joke. And you had to pay like $200 to like enter and the guy totally forgot. Another thing, I knee, needed a ride one time. I lived about like 20, 30 minutes away from where, where the church was at. I needed a ride home and I should never have relied on this person to give me a ride because guess what? He's the most forgetful person in the world. And I was there at five, five o'clock. I was like, all right, he's going to give me a ride home. He says, 5.15, 5.30, 5.45 goes by, and I'm just standing there. Who said that experience with mom and dad after, like, a practice or after youth group? Okay, I'm not going to call out any names, but some of you are in the room. And um, anyway, forgetfulness, all this to say. And we've been in this series. We've been talking about peace. How we all want peace. Every single person in the room desires to have some level of peace. They want to be free from conflict. They want to be free from anxiety. They want to be free from pain. And there's plenty of times in life when we don't have peace. And for the Christian in the room who's struggling with something, for the Christian in the room who's wrestling with anxiety, fear, pain, whatever, and their hearts do not have peace, a question that you and I have had in our lives from time to time has been, God, did you forget about me? Because I know you love me. I know you care about me. Like, theoretically, I know that. But I'm living right now, and things are a little tough. Did you forget about me? How do I know that you're there? How do I know that you haven't left me? Where did you go? And I want you to know, I, I want this to be a youth group where if, if you have questions like that, if you wrestle with moments like that, I want you to know that you're a young person, you're a human being, you are... you. It's totally okay to ask questions like that. I don't want you to stay there. I want to walk with you through that season. But it is totally okay to have those thoughts and wrestle with those doubts. But I believe that without a shadow of the doubt, that when we start asking these questions, God will answer. When we start addressing these questions, God will answer. But I want you to know from the very beginning of the sermon to the very end that God has not left his children. God has not left his people. And in today's passage in John chapter 14, the disciples are hearing something very distressing, uh, something very, very concerning. And the disciples are hearing something that is this moment in Jesus's ministry is right before he's crucified. And Jesus is actually telling his disciples, hey, fun fact, I know you've been following me for a long time, but I got to go. I, I have to leave. And in this moment, the disciples are like, Jesus, you're leaving me? My whole life has been uh, falling after you for the past two, three years. My everything has been given to you and you have to go away. Jesus, are you forgetting about me? And in this exact moment of anxiety and fear and pain, Jesus' words calming the disciples and, uh, and giving them a promise echo throughout 2,000 years of church history to us today right here. And these have got to be the most comforting words that Jesus has ever said. These have got to be some of the most precious and wonderful and powerful life giving words that Jesus has communicated in the midst of deep difficulty and pain. Has Jesus forgotten about his people? No, he never has. The ministry and the mission of God is ongoing. 
Look at this, it's starting in verse 15. John chapter 14, verse 15, it says this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you, current tense and future tense. I will not leave you as orphans. This is the words of Jesus. I will come to you. Yet a little while, the world will see me no more. You will see me because I live. You will also live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is it who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, says to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Peace for stressful moments. God, we pray that you would be with us as we dive into your word. Um, Just give me energy and strength as we're looking at these awesome, beautiful words. I pray for everyone in the room who has wondered time time and time again, maybe, God, where are you? Uh, What are you doing? How, How do I escape these feelings? I pray that that person would receive um, a word from you tonight, uh, from your word, of course, and I pray that they would uh, be encouraged and they would walk forward with confidence that you um, are the Prince of Peace and you grant peace. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so Jesus repeats the same thing three times, basically back to back to back. Do we think that would be important if Jesus does that? First of all, if Jesus says anything important, right? Thumbs up. All right, now, if Jesus says it more than once, like, more important? Yeah, definitely. If he says it three times in a couple verses, super important? Yeah, we can all agree. Look at what he says in verses 15 and uh, 21 and 23. It's all the same idea. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's verse 15. Now let's look at verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. All right, just a different way of saying the same exact thing. And then finally, verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. So uh, loving God looks like obeying God. That's how we're starting out tonight's sermon. Loving God looks like obeying God. And you may have heard this time and time again, but I promise it's very important for the context of peace. We know God is good. If God is good, what he has set before us is good. If he wants you to follow after the things he has set before you, it's because he wants you to experience good things. It's only logical. It is just a forward progression of thought. God wants good things for you, but God commands us to do a few things. So there's this book that came out like years ago. It was like the five love languages or whatever. You've probably heard about it. Christians kind of went gaga over it. It was like really sweet. Um, And so like, there's these different, like the theory is that there's these different ways that people receive love, okay? So some people, it's like quality time. So like, if you're like, dude, I just like, if I can get coffee with someone and just like sit down and talk with them, that's my love language, right? That, that have, if you guys have heard of this, it's kind of like maybe an older person thing, but all this to say, um, something, well, listen, I'm not, I, I, I include myself in the older person category. Another one is, uh, 
uh, physical touch, which in high school you can just cross out and just say, no, not yet. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a joke, but not really at all. Um, so we're just going to skip over that one. But like, if you know, you hold someone's hand, you put your arm around their shoulder. So like for your bro, you could be like, dude, I love you, man. And you just put your hand on your shoulder. All right. That's acceptable. Yeah. Love language. Anything else is no, um, not yet at least. And then there's a couple acts of services. One, right. Just like going out of your way to give, Hey, I got you this coffee. Cause I know you got a stressful day coming up. And like, wow, that is awesome. For me, words of affirmation is a big one. You're like, Hey, you're doing a great job, man. I'm really proud of you for doing this. Like some people, thank you. I feel affirmed. Thank you. Um, but God's lang love language is obedience. God's love language is obedience. All right, God's omnipresent. Like, uh, he's everywhere all at once. All right, you, quality time is not really going to work on God. He kind of exists outside of it. Okay, so try something else. Physical touch, yeah, again, the spatial issue there a little bit. Uh, acts of service, okay, awesome, uh, but God already owns everything, and he, he has everything. You can't really give anything else to him. Uh, God's love language is obedience, and God's love language is obedience. We love God. So lo God loves us so much that he gave us commandments. Do you realize that? God loves us so much that he wanted uh, to give us a green pasture and put boundaries and fences around it to protect us, and because we love God, we want to keep his commandments. If you took a survey and you just ask every single person in the church, how do you love God? And you put up a microphone to them, right? This is a TikTok thing right now I'm seeing, right? Hey, random question, and you shove a microphone in someone's face. H how do you love God? So many people might say, oh, okay, uh, you, you can serve God, right? Okay, you can serve God, you can worship God, all right? You can tell other people about God, okay? Absolutely. There's a few other things that we could do, but all of these things are correct. That's true. You can love God in all these ways, but we do these things because he's commanded us to do them, not because we thought they were a good idea. God gives us commandments, and when we love him, we fall after the things that he has for us. And if you were remembering last week's message, Jesus invites us into an easy yoke. And now he's talking about commandments again. You know, these things are kind of conflicting, you feel like. Well, Jesus said following him is an easy yoke and a light burden. And that's absolutely true. And he still has things for us to do. There's still a personal level of holiness that he expects out of us. But what's the key difference in religion and relationship? What's the key distinction between religion and relationship? Religion says do, do this, do that. And Jesus says, I've already done it. Now follow me. Look at what this passage says. Verse 16. Yes, God, we, we must keep your commandments. This is something we have to do. Verse 16 says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth who the world can't receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and he will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Though I must go for a little way, you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. Skipping down a few verses in 23. We will come to him and we will make our home with him. We have access to our helper. Those are, these are the first few verses. This is the first point. Uh, we have a helper. And because he is uh, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, uh, he belongs to us because God has given him, Jesus has given him uh, to us. You and I don't have to try to live the Christian life all on our own. 
you and I don't have to look at the commandments of God, the list of the rules that God has set before us and think, all right, I got some work to do. I got some things I have to accomplish. I got to wake up every night and day and make sure I don't step out of line. Who can keep such laws of God? Uh, Nobody, but God can keep them and God can help you keep them. And that's what Jesus is promising his disciples here in this moment. Jesus is preparing them to be gone, for him to be gone. Jesus is preparing uh, his disciples in this context, in this moment, for him to be out of the picture. And as this is something that would probably spark a lot of fear in most people, Jesus says, but there will be a helper. I will send to you a helper. Uh, God doesn't just abandon us. God never abandons you. God hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't forgot about you. He has promised all of his people what he is promising his disciples here, help and comfort. Some of your translations might say advocate. Some of your translations say a bunch of different things, but Jesus, make no doubt, is talking about the Holy Spirit. And I want you to keep this in mind. This is something that many Christians, you could write an essay about this, you could answer a true or false question, but you need to know it and believe it in your heart. Uh, God's Spirit hasn't always dwelled inside of people. God's Spirit wasn't always with people. If you look through the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit of God uh, dwelled among certain people for a certain time, for a certain purpose, and then it went away. If you read through the Psalms, you see passages where David says, Lord, do not take your spirit away from me. And you never have to pray that prayer today if you're a Christian, because it won't happen. But in the Old Testament, it did. And you saw it. You see it in the story of Samson. You see Samson disobey. It says the Spirit of the Lord left him. And he thought his strength was his own, and we saw what happened to him. The Spirit of God moved in many different ways, but that doesn't happen now. If you follow after Jesus, this passage has already come true for you. It wasn't for the disciples at this very moment in time. As we remember, right, if you were with us this past year, we went through the book of Acts 1 through 9, and chapters 1 through 3 are just beautiful moments, right, where the Holy promised Holy Spirit comes and uh, the people of God receive the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is promising that you will never have to be alone. We have access to a helper. We have access to somebody who loves us and who cares for us and guides us. That alone should give you peace. That alone should give you comfort, knowing that God, like whatever you're walking through right now, whatever temptation, whatever sin that you right, was right before your eyes, you feel so guilty, God is offering you help. But the question is, are you trying to do this thing all on your own? Do you wake up every day and think, man, I got a bunch of things that I'm wrestling with and I can't tell anyone about it because it's really embarrassing and I know God's just really mad at me, so I'm not gonna ask for anything. What is God, what is Jesus Call the Holy Spirit. He says, I will ask my Father. He will give you another helper to be with you. Get this forever. And 18, I will not leave you as orphans. If you've ever been lost as like a little kid in like a grocery store or the mall or something. So I was a kid who like purposely tried to run away from his parents. I don't know about you, but there's a little bit of me. One time I was like four, as the story goes, like three or four, I like figured out how to use like an elevator, like for the very first time. So I like pressed the button and I got in and like, it was like a 20 story building or whatever, but they found me, here I am. But I intentionally tried to run away from my parents. But if you've ever been lost to your parents, like as a little kid, right? I know you're like high schooler now, you're like, I've always been this big, right? Think back to when you were scared to lose your mom and dad in the store. That moment of fear, right? Like, am I, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's gonna happen to me. I don't know where mom and dad is. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to leave you like that. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. 
I'm going to be with you forever. But he's also saying he has to leave. Yet a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. What does he mean? How could this be possible, right? We've already alluded it to it. Judas asked this question. Judas, not Iscariot. So this is a key distinction, right? Judas Iscariot is betrayed Jesus already, and the guards may be coming to arrest him right now. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the whole world? Like, how can you, how can we, like, see you, but, like, no one else will see you? Do we have, like, special glasses to see you? Like, what's... What's going on, Jesus? Jesus answered him. I like how Jesus answers questions. He just kind of says what he was going to say anyway. Uh, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And you're like, well, I was asking about the seeing you thing, Jesus. But it's key, key distinction here. And my father will love them. We will come to him and make our home with him. And the word that you hear is not mine, but of the father who sent me. God promises to be with his people and Jesus is continuing to the mission to make God known to man and to have God dwell with man. Look at that. We will come to him and make our home with him. Jesus wants to dwell at the very epicenter of you as a human being in your heart. The part of you that is the most you, the part that God looks at, the part that like of yourself, you maybe don't even understand, but God does. That's where God wants to make his dwelling place. That's what he promises here. That's what he promises uh, all throughout scripture, to be with his people. And now God is closer than he's ever been before to man. He is physically there in the flesh. You could touch God. You could talk to God. You could hear God's voice audibly sitting next to him, having a conversation but God is going to get even closer to his people. And you're like, how could it be? It's not possible. Jesus is God. He's right there. And Jesus says, I have to go, but we have access to a helper. You and I have access to a helper, the Holy Spirit. And he continues on uh, speaking about this promise that changes everything. Verse 25 says this, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Oh my goodness, that is a critical verse, right? That is such a critical verse. The Holy Spirit helps us to remember the things of Jesus. He's literally saying this to the disciples who go to write the New Testament, many of them. The Holy Spirit will bring these things to your remembrance. So like, how do these guys remember all these things? Other than the fact that they saw it with their own eyes and they wrote it very quickly after it happened, uh, the Holy Spirit also gave them the memory. That's also what happened. Uh, he says this, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Verse 27 is critical. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it, do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to my father for the father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as my father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the father. Rise, let us go from here. First, we had a glimpse into our helper, the Holy Spirit. And now we have something to claim, and that is peace. We have access to our peace. 
Jesus offers us peace. I'm not trying to sound like a Hallmark card, but we can only find peace when we find Jesus. That's accurate. As non-elegant as that sounds, and as simple as that might be, it is true. And until you believe it, you won't experience the benefits of it. You won't know peace until you know Jesus. And there's a very specific type of peace that Jesus offers. He says it's not like the world. So it's a key distinction. It's nothing like the peace that the world offers us. The world offers us peace and Jesus offers us peace. But one of these two things is lying and it's definitely the world. The world promises you peace in a million different ways, but it never adds up to what you think it's going to be. Jesus promises us peace that will last what? Forever. Verse 16. The helper will be with you forever. Jesus offers us peace through what he has done on the cross. The beauty of this passage here, the beauty of verses 25 through 31 is that the ministry of Jesus is not over. The ministry of Jesus is not over when he's gone. The healing that Jesus offers has not been eliminated after his death and resurrection. The learning that we have to hear from Jesus is not over. The peace that the disciples feel in this moment as they are listening to his words, as they are watching him perform miracles, as they are watching their entire life change before him and they want to follow him, that peace that they feel in that relationship with Jesus is not over after Jesus is gone. The ministry of Jesus continues to this day. These things I've spoken while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, will, spend, will send the Spirit in my name. He will teach you all the things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In the midst of one of the most fearful moments of the disciples' lives, like they're coming after Jesus and they might be coming after them as well. They don't want to leave Jesus. They, won't, they, don't, they don't want Jesus to leave. They don't want him to go to the cross, but they also don't want to experience the pain of torture, the pain of being arrested, anything like that, they are shaking right now, probably imagining these possibilities. And Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. And if this promise is true, it changes everything about our lives. If you believe that this promise is true, that it changes everything about our lives. Jesus gives us peace that the world simply cannot give us. Jesus gives you peace that you cannot access through any means of any effort on your own doing. You can't find peace in a bottle. You can't find peace in a person. You can't find peace in a status. You can only find peace through the resurrected Jesus Christ. And he sends his helper to be with us forever. The ministry of Jesus isn't over in your life. Jesus isn't just this theoretical, like, eraser of my sins. Okay, I'm not going to hell. I really like that about Jesus, so I guess I will say that is a good thing. Jesus wants to be with you every single day through the power of his Holy Spirit. And as his disciples are here listening and wondering, what are we going to do after this? Jesus says, oh, no, 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 it's going to be fine. I've thought of this. There's going to be someone who helps you. And that is true for you right now if you're following after him. If you know Jesus, you have peace. You can have peace. You can have access to it. You can know that God has never left you. He will be with you forever. I don't think that word forever means like as long as you're a really cool Christian for a really long time. I think it means forever. 
I think it means from the day that you know Jesus, the day that you repent from your sins, until the eternity in heaven, uh, Jesus will be with you in the good moments and in the bad moments. And in the bad moments, we need to rely on this promise that Jesus says here, peace I give to you. This is something that you can own. This is something that you can hold. This is something that you have access to. This is peace that Jesus offers you that the world does not have. And you cannot run to the world and expect to get godly peace. And I don't want you to do that. And so now you're in the room and you're questioning, you're asking, okay, no, I hear these things. I believe these things are true, but why do I still feel like this? Anxiety, loneliness, pain, like mental health struggles. They tell us things, we feel things. Right? And if you haven't walked through this, I'm sure at one point you will in some way, shape, or form. But there's common language that kind of surrounds anxiety, I've noticed. There's common things that people say when they're experiencing anxiety. I've got a few things for um, uh, the screen here. I've got five things. The common language of anxiety. Number one, I feel alone. I feel alone. I feel a certain way and I'm all by myself, which kind of makes what I'm feeling worse. Nobody's felt this way. Nobody's experiencing what I'm experiencing. Nobody can see the thing that I'm going through. I feel alone. There's no one that's going to help me. Another common language of anxiety. I feel helpless. I'm helpless. I don't know. I just got myself in this thing and it's not getting any better. And I don't think it ever can get better ever. And I guess I'm going to die like this. I feel helpless, hopeless, whatever. Number three, I feel confused. Just like, this didn't go how I wanted it to. And I just need some time to figure things out. How many times? I just, I'm just figuring things out. I just got to think about it. I just got to, I just got to figure things out. I really, we're saying, I'm, confu- I'm so confused. Why did this happen? Why did I end up here? Why did my friend do this? Why did my parents do that? I, I'm just confused. Number four, maybe you feel overwhelmed. Common language of anxiety. I'm overwhelmed. I got so many things on my plate, right? And, and again, like Leah said last week, people will say, oh, you're so young, you've got the most time on your hands. And it's like, well, dude, like, I'm still a human being, all right? I'm, I still have, like, a brain and a heart like you do, and I still feel overwhelmed, all right? And I affirm that. I believe that. I'm, I, I, I believe that you can easily feel overwhelmed. I got stuff on my to-do list, and the, the list just keeps getting bigger. And actually, ironically, as the list gets bigger, it seems less likely that I actually can do any of these things. I just, I just feel overwhelmed. Maybe you feel trapped. That's the final one. I'm trapped. There's nowhere for me to go. This is the end of the road for me. This is the common language of anxiety. And the temptation for you and for me would be to look at these things and to feel these things and to accept these feelings as facts and allow them to take control of our heart. We let the belief bear fruit. We let the belief that we are all these things, even though we may feel alone and you may feel helpless, confused, overwhelmed, trapped, that is not the case. And it's really important in this moment that I tell you, those feelings can exist. You're not a bad Christian for feeling those things. I'm not saying, well, follow the rules a bit more clearly and you're going to start feeling a little bit less bad about these things. I'm saying these are absolute valid feelings that we can have, but we need 
to counteract our feelings with facts and things that we know about God to bring us through these things. Sometimes we think, well, this is just a permanent state. I am forever alone. There's, there's something wrong with my brain because I always feel anxious. There's something wrong with me because I'm fearful right now. And what we need to do right now is to remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit belongs to you. He is the down payment, the inheritance of the future glory that you'll receive through Jesus Christ. We must combat such lies with truth because I want you to have peace and God wants you to have peace. And the Holy Spirit offers us peace. God wants you to have these things. So these are the things that we feel. And I think it's really important that we see what the Spirit is. So I have another list for you. The Spirit is what? Number one, the Spirit is our helper. You might feel alone, but the Spirit is there to help. Just like we saw, look at this verse. Just like we saw in this passage, John 14, 16. John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The Spirit is our helper. The Spirit is your helper. Number two, uh, the Spirit is a reminder. The Spirit reminds us of the things. Look at this passage, John 14, 26. Start it up on the screen. What does it say? What is the truth about the Spirit? But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, from whom the Father will send to you in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Uh, He reminds us, right? When we feel alone, when we feel helpless, we don't know what is truth. uh, He delivers us those things. Uh, The Spirit is truth. Number three, the Spirit is truth. If you have access to the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, then you always have access to truth. Look at this, Ezekiel 36, 27. Throw it on the screen. Ezekiel 36, 27. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statures and be careful to obey my rules. The spirit is truth and delivers us to truth. Uh, The spirit is also power, right? We feel helpless. Look at all these things. You got to contrast these two things. I'm just overwhelmed. I'm confused. Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit living inside of you has power. All right, Acts 1, verse 8, it says, I will, what does it say? Throw it up on the verse. You will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is power. The Holy Spirit, of course, is freedom, what we just sang about. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When your feelings and your anxiety says you're trapped, The Spirit says you're free. All the guilt has been paid. You are free. Not to sin, but to do do good works and to love the Lord and follow after his commandments. And finally, the one word that I really want you to hear, the Spirit is hope. Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. These are truths that you need to have. These are truths that you need to know when you are feeling all of those things that you feel. That when you believe those things, you confidently can believe what Jesus promises you in verse 27 and what we've been talking about for the last five weeks, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives you, but I will give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And I know that's easier said than done, but Jesus says it, and I'm going to believe it. And I want you to do that too. 
And I'm here for you to walk with you, to pray with you, to say we're going to make it together when you're feeling these things. But God has promised us peace, and I want you to have access to that peace. As school's around the corner, it's a few days away. Some people are excited. They're like, I can't wait. I'm an extrovert. I love hanging out with people. Some of you are terrified. Some of you are horrified. You don't know what's waiting for you back at school. You know you have an idea, and I want you to know, may the peace of God be with you. That's what we're praying for you. And may the peace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit be with you always. And that's what we want to pray for in this time. God loves you. He cares about you. He offers you peace. God, I pray for everyone in the room right now who um, doesn't always believe these truths. God, thank you for delivering us a helper that the Holy Spirit just, I mean, the fact that we even want to listen to your word, we even want to listen to you in the slightest, is a work of your Holy Spirit. So help us to be confident in that and believe that. I pray for everyone in the room who just doesn't have peace right now. They don't feel like they're at peace. They've got a friend in mind or a person in mind right now, maybe they're not their friend anymore, who's just giving them so much grief. They're so, they're in a combative situation with someone. I pray that you would give peace to that person. I pray for uh, the individuals in the room who are having issues with their parents or their siblings or in their family. I pray that you would deliver them to peace and that they would ha have peace through you. I pray for uh, the person who is struggling with their feelings or emotions, uh, their mental health. God, I pray that you would be stronger than that and you would remind them of the truth of your word. Uh, I, I pray that in this moment, we wouldn't be too scared to admit when we're, when we're weak, when we're in pain, when we're suffering. Would we be honest and remember and know that God, you always have us. God, you never leave us. It's the main thing that we need to think about tonight. You've never left us once. And if we know you, you are literally with us all of our days. Help us to believe that and help us to know that that's true. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God never leaves his children. God never leaves his children. That's the truth of this passage. That's the main idea that we're going after. God never leaves his children. And if you feel alone, I promise you, he is there, he is near, and he is... Uh, he is there, and we are here for you. So why don't you stand to your feet right now? Not distracting anyone around you, not going to the bathroom, not doing any of that. Think about...